I'm Mel Stewart, and this is Swim Slam Podcast. Joining me today, six-time Olympic medalist. Three of those medals are gold. Today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Murphy. Great to be here, Mel. speedo athlete gotta say team speedo athlete buddy how you doing i know i know i had to make sure the camera was positioned to get the speedo logo in there so i can't i can't slouch at all during this interview i've got to sit up straight to keep this in in the in the screen dude, dude this the the speedo family is a good family to be in it's been i mean it's honestly been great um i mean it's it, i look back to 2017 when when i joined the team and it's just been so cool to see see the athletes that, that I started with and, and a lot of them are, are retired now and, and now moving through and, and having a totally different group and just seeing how, how the brand is so strong, it's so steady, just continues to move on in a positive direction and, and the athletes are, are in a really cool supportive role with that. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to Speedo here in a minute and have some specific questions about them. But first we got to talk about world championships or just coming off of it. Um, and, and before we begin there, I have to, I have to say, uh, are you aware that your performances, your best performances are in even years and maybe not necessarily in odd years? Is this, is this a thing with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I get all these stats from my brother. So my brother, my brother is a, a data analyst. He was, I mean, he's potentially the smartest guy I know. He went to Notre Dame. He was a double major, applied math and finance, got his master's in data analytics and machine learning. So Patrick's always keeping me up to date with the stats, and, and he's letting me know that, that there is some sort of uh, even, year, even year magic going on in, in my career. My, my two senses, maybe keep, it, maybe keep the even year magic going. And, and here's why. Uh, you know, you had the, the, this, this enormous performance back in 2016, uh, you know, sweeping the backstrokes. And then, you know, if I, if I talk to people rolling up to the next Olympic Games and I'm, and I'm like, you know, or excuse me, rolling up on this world champs. And I say, hey, you know, Brian Murphy's never won an individual gold at world championships. They're like, that can't be true. They just assume that you have because you won on the biggest stage on earth at the Olympic Games, which is kind of, which is, you know. That's that. That's interesting. The psychology of that. It's like, wait, Ryan Murphy had to have won at World Championships. He had to win individual gold. But anyway, you cracked the seal in Budapest, and uh, you you won your first individual gold. Uh, I picked you to win the hundred back and the two hundred back, and you lost the hundred back. I have egg on my face. So why did you let that happen? Man, I mean the the talent walking around the pool deck now. I mean it's it's crazy. Uh, I was texting. Phelps texted me after the meet, which I was pumped about. Phelps doesn't normally text me, but uh, he texted me and I was, I was talking to him about it. It's just like the, the talent. And, and I think it's kind of due to a guy like Phelps. He brought so many people into the sport and these guys are huge. I mean, the huge guys, functional athletes, like you used to see guys that, you know, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, they're pretty dangly. Now, you're getting guys that are 
six, eight, six, nine. And, and I see it at Cal every day that are moving like they're six, two. I mean, it's like really, really impressive athletes. Uh, check on is, is a beast. He's legit. And he's not just legit in backstroke. I mean, he's, he's really good at the hundred free too. Um, Hunter is crazy. That, that, uh, that young Polish kid, I mean, 52, five, I think he went at the age of 17. That's just disgusting. So there's a ton of talent in that, in that hundred backfield. And, and I'm really in the mode right now where it's like, obviously that motivates me. That gets me fired up. I'm just trying to bottle it up. Uh, cause I can't, I can't tap into that for, for the entire year. Uh, cause, cause I'll go to a place of, of sometimes being overly competitive, uh, as a reaction to that. And so I'm trying to bottle it up and, and just pull it out at, at the right time. Your hundred, your hundred back was, I was impressed. I was happy. I was, I was like, yeah, that's a great swim. Uh, Thomas dropped the 51.6. And I, and I think that when we dug into the data, it was, you know, in terms of an outlier swim, it was a, a big surprise, mm-hmm. but you know, 51, nine, you've got to feel good about that. Uh, you know, coming within where you were 1200s off your PB. Um, th- did you expect Thomas to, to, I mean, you had, how would you have expected him to swim that fast? Well, I think I, I kind of knew he, you never want to count anyone out in the heat and, and, you, and you definitely don't want to focus in on just one person, but I mean, Thomas is for, for someone like me where like, I could see talent. If I watch someone for like three seconds swimming, I can see a lot of their talent and you, you can see it with Thomas. I mean, he is a, he is a beast. Um, so I knew he was going to be really good, but there were, there was no shortage of talent in, in any of the other lanes in that heat either. So it was definitely one of those scenarios where like going in, it's like, I'm going to, I'm really putting pressure on myself to, to execute the best, race strategy for me. Um, and, and we'll see where that turns out, but definitely, definitely like when I, when I delve into the race video, I I think there's going to be a lot to learn from Thomas. So it sounds like you haven't reviewed the race, race video. You've been, you're on vacation, you're chilling, finally got a break, uh, which is well-deserved when, when someone, the interesting thing is when I saw that, that 51, six, I'm like, you know, that's a great swim we might not see that swim again, you know, 51, nine could win in Paris. And, uh, it's such a tight heat. They're swimming so fast. Um, if you're just in the mix, you've got to be ready on that day. Uh, you know, how does that's, that's just, that's just, you know, armchair dude, not, not chlorinated at all watching, you know, what, what's your perspective on it? Where, where, where's your head when you're thinking, Hmm, He's, you know, he's someone I have to have to be focused on heading into Paris. Well, I think first and foremost, I, I always approach races, assuming that the people around me are going to go their best potential swim. Um, and so that's how I'm, that's how I'm preparing throughout the year. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting, so I'm expecting Paris to be faster than that. Uh, and I'm expecting it to be deeper than that as well. I think there's, there'll probably be multiple 51s, uh, in that heat. And so that's how, that's how I need to prepare in order to like really, uh, in in order to really get the most out of myself in training the next two years. I didn't think that Hunter would, would, would swim as well as he did in the hundred. 
I had, I felt that, you know, and, and because I was, I was hoping that he would be 52 solid, 52 low and, and make the final. And I felt like that would be a good step forward for him, but um, he surprised me. His swim surprised me. I thought it was, I thought that was a great race. Uh, and it, he just seemed so raw. I had, I didn't know until this season that this is only his fourth long course season. Did you yeah. know that? I, yeah, I do that. And uh, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a little funny anecdote uh, story after that 100 back with Hunter. So, I mean, we're, we're walking like immediately after the race. And, uh, and Hunter comes up to me and he was like, he was like, man, like, I'm, I'm so impressed by you. Like, it's been so long since you since you've been under 52. Like, I didn't know if you were going to get back there. And in my head, I was like, I mean, I don't really feel like it's been that long, but then I have to translate it because Hunter has been swimming. Like the last time I went 51, Hunter was like just swimming year round. And so it's just like, I, I find it so refreshing talking to Hunter. Cause he's just like, he's so, he's so pure. Like he is, he's just such a nice guy. Uh, and like, so like well-intentioned and, uh, and he is raw. I mean, it's, he is raw. It's going to be exciting to, to see what he does the, the next couple of years. Yes, he's, he's a little bit green. Um, yeah, I, 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 that, that was pretty clear from his interviews, which is refreshing. And you're, yeah. you, are, you are a gentleman to, to, to not take offense to that and, to, and have context on it and, and understand that <laughs> this is only his fourth year. So that's, that, not, that's where the, that's where the, uh, that's where the veteran piece comes in, you know, <laughs> you have to understand, you have to understand who you're talking to and, uh, and, and put it into that context. <laughs> I've always gotten the impression that, uh, that you were a bit of a, an, an assassin that you, there was an edge. I know, I know, I know that your IQ is, is, is scaling on the, on the, on the high end of the scale, probably compared to a lot of, um, a lot of swimmers that you meet on deck. If you guys don't know Ryan Murphy, and I think that the higher your intelligence, the more you can be, you can be tough. So, uh, is there anything that you think I used to do weird things when I, when I, when I was racing and I, I, I would put, put myself in a, in a mental context of, of battle, but, um, where's, where's, where's Ryan Murphy's edge. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can grind. I could really, uh, I mean, I've trained, I've always been on good teams. I mean, I think that's, that's the first thing. Um, I mean, going back to high school, I mean, I, I started training, started training with some Olympians when I was in eighth grade. I mean, Bulls had a ton of international kids, a ton of people that were, you know, making semifinals at the Olympics. And, and those were some people that I was training with. And so I never, I was never, I never had the idea that like I had room to rest and like room to just rely on my talent because I was always surrounded by some really talented people. And that just continued. I mean, Joseph comes into to bowls and then Santo and Caleb come in the next year. And, and, and that stuff, I mean, you don't even realize it at a young age, like how much talent you're surrounded by, but I was pushed every single day. And so I learned, I mean, I learned how to lose, at a pretty young age, which is a really valuable lesson for someone that's 
as competitive as me. And, and you learn that it's not like, especially in a training group. I mean, it's not about like the end of, it's not about the battles. I mean, it's about the, the full season and, and like, you, you've got to figure out how to, how to attack a season. So I feel like I learned that honestly in high school and then you take it into college and, and in college I got put into holes in training. Like my body, my body breaks down every year and I get to a point where it's like, I'm waking up every hour in, in the middle of the night because I can't sleep because my body's too tired and like my appetite goes in these crazy up and downs and, and how do like, how do you deal with it? And, and like, I've, I'm really good at just, you know, staying the course, never missing a practice, doing what's asked of me, communicating with Dave and, and last year, Chase, and, and now I'll be mad how I'm feeling, but like, I'm, I'm always pushing through as, as hard as I can. And, and that's what leads me, I think, to be tough at the big meets. You know, I was really, I appreciate your answer, but I was really hoping that you would, you would tell me the mental construct of, of that, of that titanium sword that you, that you have on your hip and you walk out and you imagine, you know, swinging that at your competitors, but that's not the answer I got. I'll take what you said. I appreciate it. And I think to be fair, I am significantly more competitive at practice than I am at meets. I mean, meets like you're trying so hard to sustain over an eight day meet. And especially when you're doing multiple races, you're doing relays, you're trying to go in and out of like these really intense mental situations. And so I don't, I really am not trying to, I'm not trying to get uh, too excited or really too like um, too competitive in a race just to like, keep my sanity because uh, it is a it's naturally going to be a really pressure packed situation sounds like you're managing energy systems because it's such a it, it is a grind that is a long period of time and uh that's something that i don't have experience with because we did prelims and finals we didn't have to do semis which just seems like punishment um i, I, I just staying on the hunter back for just one second. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming now that your goal time is a, it's a 51.5 or 50.5. Did I say 51.5? 50.5 going into Paris. And we can, we can report that on swim swam. Now <laughs> you're like, you're like, stop Mel, stop. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, like, like I, I was talking to, I was talking to Destin after, world trials and Destin's in like a really fun spot in his career. He's, he's having a lot of success. He, in his head, he wants it to be quicker success than, than what he feels like he's getting, but it's, it's coming. I mean, he's, he's getting really good. And he, one of the things he said to me after the 200 back is he was like, he's like, look, like you train to go 150 in the 200 back and like, he was like, and I kind of think like I need to start getting into that sort of mindset. And it's true. I mean, like you've got it. You, you don't know how you're going to feel on race day. And so it's like, if I was feeling picture perfect on race day, it's like, yeah, my best times would be better than, than what they are. But like, you've got to, you've got to prepare for like your, your average day or like your bad day. And like, can I compete when I'm feeling bad? And like, that's how, that's how I'm always thinking about it. It's like my, my goal time on a day, I'm feeling really good and say, I'm going pace, pace fifties, pace hundreds backstroke for, for 200. 
you know, some days like that pace is going to be like 27 low and like 56 is 56 low, you know, and, and other days it's like, my pace is going to be like 28 high and like 58 if I feel bad. So like, it's more kind of going off of a feeling, um, I think than, than just being like, so like, so married to the, to the time on the watch. But that is a secret sauce, your ability to, you know, I can have a bad day. I'm still going to beat you. I'm still, or if I'm not, if I don't beat you, I'm going to make you feel pain to pass me. Um, I mean, that's the goal. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> it is the goal. I had, I had a thought. Where was my thought? My thought was that, uh, you're 27 years old. Um, and, and, and knowing how diligent you are in practice and, uh, it, it makes me wonder if, if you're, if you reach a point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I might stretch this out a little while. You know, I, I don't know how long you're going to swim. That is a good question. But the point is if you backed off and say, oh, I'm going to drop the 200 meters and I'm going to, um, but I'm still going to do the hundred meters for a while. You might have the best, the best times of your life. We're seeing that with Nick and, and, and Nick Fink. Is that, is that something you think about? Well, yeah. I mean, that was a discussion at the beginning of this year with, with Durden um, I mean, I sat down with him, uh, and I was just kind of like, look, like, and this was in September, August, September. And I was like, look, like my goal, my goal is 2024. Like, what do we need to do this year to best set myself up there? And he, and he ran through like three options that he was thinking through. And he was like, basically at the end of the day, like, I just don't want to do the same things that we've been doing. And, and to be fair, we don't really do that year to year. We're always mixing in something different. And so the goal this year was we're going to train, we're going to train more for the hundred back. And, and Durden was like, he was like, I don't care if you do the 200 back. He was like, that's up to you. He was like, if you want to go and do hundred back, hundred fly and, and maybe hundred free, uh, we could go that route. Uh, or you could do hundred back and, and 200 back and, and see how it goes. And I was like, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think, I think kind of no matter what, uh, my 200 back is going to be better than those other races, even if it's like the focus is a little bit more on the 100 back. Well, it showed. I mean, I, I, we got to think back to 2019 Worlds and that 52.7. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, and that was, like, that was just a freak year. Um, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of changes that year, and uh, and we, I mean, we learned a lot from it. <laughs> I like that fifty-two-seven. Uh, uh, we were, we learned a lot from that year. That's that's. Um, yeah. it, yeah. the, the lessons the lessons from disappointment always hit a little bit deeper. I mean, and that's that's the truth. Uh, well, you, you you got your gold in the uh, in the two hundred meter back. One was so it were you 154.5? Let me see the exact time. 154.52. You were 154.1 uh, uh, at the Olympics. Uh, your your PBs are 153.3. God, and that, that what's interesting, that was at Pan Pax in 2018, mm -hmm. uh, which was really an outlier swim because Team USA was just not swimming well at that competition, I think, because of jet lag and just discomfort. Um, it, it feels like your 200 back is just dialed in and you can, you just got that, that it seems like you sit in the pocket and then you charge at the end. 
do, do you feel like you, you don't have to condition too much? Like you're, it's just like the, the, you know, you're, you're, you've mentally mapped your mind to the point. It's like, look, I'm, I can crank out 154s all day long. Um, I, I certainly don't have like, it's not like that aggressive of a mindset, but like, yeah, I mean this year, this year, yeah, this year I def I under conditioned for the tuner back. And like, I have no, like, I have no problem saying that. Like I, I know that going into, going into these next two years, like that, like that swim's not holding up. And so like, I, there's, yeah, I mean, I'll be much more focused on, on the 200 back as compared to this year. Uh, but I, I felt like we, and Durden felt like we needed to do that for, for this year, focus a little bit more on the hundred back, see what we learned from that. Um, we experimented too with like, I mean, I, I did a longer taper than I've ever done for, for worlds. How long? It, I mean, just the single taper leading up to worlds, like after world trials was probably four and a half weeks. Okay. Four and a half weeks. But what does that mean? Six weeks out from, from the Olympic games or world championships, I was 4k a day. And, you know, and I, then I dropped it down to, and I was like 3k a day, four weeks out. And I was like 1500 meters for 14 days ahead of, you know, I remember by, by the couple of days before I was racing, I'd do like 800 meters. I was barely, I'd do like some breakouts and that was it. What is a taper? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. So I was, I was probably five weeks out at 4k a day. Okay. And like, keep the intensity fine probably three and a half weeks out hardly ever above 3k um yeah and then i mean by the end i was i stayed above 2k every day for except like the recovery days where it's just kind of like choice but yeah it was it was a long one and, and we we just kind of experimented with that and and i think we found something there i think that's that's something to stay when you drop weights uh, so we keep weights. I mean, I keep weights uh, probably until a week and a half out. But when I say that, like the volume, it's it's similar. Like uh, I would say, like volume disintegration as like as the pool. So you're just you're. It's really a chemical hormonal thing. If if people understand that, which is you've got you've got to you've got to push a lot of iron, even if it's just a few reps just to keep your body in place. Is it, is that, is that really the philosophy behind that? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind of like speaking out of, out of turn here. Cause I don't, I don't know exactly like what Dave, how Dave would like talk about it, but I think of it as like a nervous system touch. Like you want to make sure that you keep that explosiveness. Um, and so you're just doing, doing like the minimum possible amount to keep the nervous system in a place where you could just fire it. Thanks. That's what I was looking for. I hope, I hope some young swimmers heard that. All right, buddy. Well, I, we, we nerded it up a little bit and, uh, I wanted to stay there and in the swim space, but I, I did, I've always wanted to ask you about this. I've heard this just in like social, like rubbing shoulders, hanging out. And it, it seems to me, I've never heard it directly from you, but I'm like, Ryan Murphy wants to be a hedge fund manager and that might be wrong. But I just always, it's sort of like, you know, what's, what's his next chapter? What's going to happen with this guy? How, how accurate is that statement? Sure. I mean, it's, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's partially accurate. And, and I think getting into the psychology of, of what I truly love about swimming, I, I mean, I enjoy the feel of the water, all that, but like, I truly love the competitive aspect. And then I really love being around excited people and being in a really solid culture. Like that's all, that's really all I know. Going back to like the bold days at Cal, I mean, you're talking about really high performing individuals everywhere around you. And so I think that's led me to, to think that, that getting into venture capital would be really fun. And, and, it's, and it's something that I could try to capitalize on while I'm still swimming. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the Bay Area. Silicon Valley is like a stone throw away. So I can, I can meet a lot of people that are in the industry already and, and do some advising right now. So I, I, joined, I joined the House Fund as a limited partner this year. Um, and that's something that's really exciting. It's if I, if I want to invest in companies, if I want to invest in the fund, like I'm allowed to do that. Um, but really, like I, I'm looking forward to, to continuing to do more on, on the advising side. So seeing like when, when companies come in to, to pitch their idea to get funding, like what are, what are we looking for? You know, like what are the, what are the questions we ask? Cause we're really early stage. I mean, we're going, we're going pre-seed and seed funding. So we're trying to be the first investor in the door with this group. So it's like, you basically, you could have some people that just have like a business plan on a piece of paper at that point. And so it's like, really, I think it's connecting with, with the psychology. Like, do they have what it takes to really put their head down, grind for a pretty extended period of time and be okay with that? And there's some things that come with that that I think I've been able to experience through swimming where I could provide some value there. Um, and so it's just really cool people uh, that, are, that are trying to start companies and across the, the entire spectrum of like, and, and across the entire spectrum of, of ideas. Uh, so it's, it's just really cool to, to be a part of that. And, and I am looking forward to, to dipping my toe, dipping my toe into it now, but then really going head first into it whenever I decide that, that I want to stop swimming. You know, I don't know if, if Nathan is, uh, if you, you guys have to be close, you train together, you travel the world together. <clears throat> it's, I thought it was interesting that he, he started, he had a business, he had an off-ramp. He has not that he, not that he is retired, but he has a, an off-ramp in terms of like what he was doing. He was doing this while he was still competing. I think that a lot of athletes make the mistake of not having another life and building a career. So it's good to hear that you're doing that. Uh, venture capital is, is this is the mother's milk. I love this stuff. Uh, my, my two cents, if you're looking at psychology, you really don't want to, only want to invest with, with, uh, with founders who have a background in 200 fly or 400 yeah. AM. I'd stay away from maybe 200 back. I'd stay away from everybody else. Definitely wouldn't invest with a sprinter. <laughs> good. A good call out Mel. I don't need to, I don't need to add any, uh, any more gasoline to that one. <laughs> I'm always throwing shade. I'm always trying to punk sprinters. So the, uh, no, but that's cool. I, I like that a lot. It's, it's, uh, this, you know, you, well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's your, your focus is Paris. You're, you know, by LA 2028, you're, you're, you'll, you'll be a little bit older and you're a smart guy. You've got a lot going on in your life, but it's, it's gotta be enticing to go. Yeah. To extend your career to, to LA 2028. Is that in the back of your head? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I haven't made a decision one way or the other. And, and I think that's, 
that's really how I need to approach it. Um, I think I'm someone where I've, I've always, I've always had the tendency to, to spread myself too thin. You know, like I, I feel like I'm perennially running late. Uh, I've always got like a list of like 10 things that I want to do. Um, and so I need to, I need to have some sort of like healthy distraction in, in my life. And, and right now, like the, the networking and, and the venture capital piece is, is really, is really fun. That's a really fun, like side project, but the, the focus is still, is still really, really on swimming. And, and I do have like, basically like a dark period where it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything outside of swimming for, for a certain period before uh, a world championships or an Olympic games. Um, but yeah, I mean the, man, like the, the thought of going for a, of trying to make a home Olympic games, there's, there's nothing core than that. So that's a, there's a big appeal there. Um, but I, I'm hesitant to like, I'm hesitant to like really go like say that right now, just cause the thought of swimming, like at a really intense level for six years is probably a little too much for my head for my brain to like wrap around right now. So thinking of a two year period, I know I could, I can get after it really hard for two years and, um, and that's where I'm going to keep my, my mental space. You, you can text back and forth with, with Michael Phelps and, and have him talk to you about what's it like to, to be competing and what's it like to go to an Olympics? Cause he's now had that experience where you go and, and, and you're not competing and the experience is very different. You can go to the Olympics and, and have that moment and, and it's, and it's stressful. It, this it's, it's a huge weight. You it's, it's, it's just so much, or you can show up and, and make three appearances a day and go back and forth in a limo and wear nice clothes. <laughs> And, uh, that treatment, but, uh, you can have, you can have that lifestyle because that would be, that would be, you know, that would be the next Olympics after, after Paris. And that, that might not be a bad experience either, but that is your <laughs> personal choice. And we're just, we're, we're just shooting the breeze. So let's bring it back to Speedo. Uh, my understanding is that, that at Speedo, you're talking to Speedo's head of tech, the man in the science lab, Dr. Rob. And uh, you, re- you recently released, excuse me, recently had the release of the the Speedo Intense suit, and you know, just break down why you know how is this this suit how is this going to help you in backstroke? For sure, yeah, man. So I think the the original idea that that I had in my head is it's like, I mean, you look at you look at all of the strokes, all of the strokes of swimming are very different. The sensations you feel at the end of a race are very different, but we're wearing the same suit for every race. And so that that's never really made a ton of sense to me. Um, and so I, when I signed with Speedo, I, I wanted to talk through that. And it took a little while for me to feel like comfortable enough to, to bring this up and, and talk about it with Speedo. But when I did, uh, I got put in touch with, with Rob and, and he's been, he's been great talking through this with me and, and, and Rob is, Rob's just as big of a swim nerd as I am, you know, probably maybe even more so. And so like, we could get really in depth with these conversations and, and I could feel his excitement coming through like the FaceTime video. Um, and, and so working with him on this was really exciting. So the idea is backstroke is so leg driven. So like the suit 
I think is really important in backstroke uh, just because it's covering the part of your body that is going to hurt the most at the end of the race. When your legs hurt at the end of a, of a 200 backstroke and for like the last 15 meters of a, of a hundred backstroke, your legs are just going to be lower in the water. So if this is, I guess if, if the watch is your head, uh, these are your legs. So your legs are going to be kind of dropping towards the end of the race. The idea with this speedo soup is we're putting an extra, we're putting a band on the, uh, along the quad, which is supposed to serve to like bring your legs up. So if this is your, if this is your hip, this is your legs. The idea is that it's supposed to help you get into that position. So helping your legs stay on top of the water when they need to stay on top of the water at the end of the race. Um, and so that it's been really fun to, to work on that process with them. Um, and, and I'm really excited for, for all of, all of the young kids and, and honestly, all of the, all of the professionals and college kids to, to wear this. That's one thing I like about Speedo is that they do, they work with their athletes that, that, that are ambassadors and they, they accept influence. And, um, so I'm glad to see this collaboration has, has happened and that the media was kind of fun too. The, uh, in, in terms of the, what happened during the Olympic games, like in 2021, we'll call it 2020 games, but the, the, the media campaign that Speedo did was, was pretty impressive. Uh, I know that you were stuck in the bubble and, and, and competing and focused on what you were doing, but the, the, the Speedo leverage was huge. They had you everywhere on billboards on the side of buildings. Did you see any of that? That was the Make Waves campaign. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely saw some, some pictures of it. Um, I mean, during the, during the Olympics, I go pretty dark with – uh, like I don't really use my phone at all during the Olympics. So, uh, I was mostly on my computer trying to watch like funny shows to distract myself, but really cool campaign. And, and Speedo does, Speedo does an incredible job. I mean, all of their campaigns are, they have so many, they, they have so many things in mind. And, and, and that's, that's honestly what I really appreciate about Speedo. They're, they're trying to be, they're trying to be the best technical company they can be. They're also trying to cast a very wide net and, and introduce the sport of swimming to, to more people. And so I've, I've always really, really appreciated that about Speedo. And, and they also, they're really supportive of, of helping to work alongside some of my other partners that have the same goal of introducing the sport of swimming to, to a bunch of kids. So Goldfish Swim School is, and they're, they're putting through over 100,000 kids a week in swim lessons. That's a lot of numbers and Speedo is really supportive to, uh, to help, to help support those kids, uh, and make sure that, that they're having a good experience at the beginning of their, at the beginning of their, I guess, swimming career or learning to swim. And so it's been really cool to, to work with Speedo on that. Um, and really cool to, to use it, to use Speedo to help amplify the message of, of goldfish as well. I see your goldfish media. I, I follow you on Instagram. Drop your hand. What if I want to follow you on Instagram? What, what what's the account? Let everybody know. It's uh, it's Ryan underscore F underscore Murphy. There are so many Ryan Murphys out there. It's just like it's it's brutal trying to find a good handles. So I went with the underscores uh, for for this one. Should have just gone back Murphy. Back Murphy or back Murph. That could be cool. That almost sounds like a fundraiser, though. Back or Mur- Murph. 
Hey yeah. man, you need to back Murph. Yeah, we yeah. Could, we that's something we could lean into. I'll I'll, I'll be doing it all the time. Hey, at back Murph, back yeah. Murph. He's up on the blocks. He's in the water. Back Murph. Yeah, yeah. I should have I should have consulted you when I was making this thing in uh, in 2014. <laughs> when I go to your when I go to your VC and I, I'm like I need some seed I need some seed dollars, I'll be like my company, back Murph. We'll just build a whole campaign around back Murph. Um, oh, so you'd, you'd split duties. You would, uh, you'd take a little step back from, from swim swim and, and get in full on, on, on back Murph. I have ideas. I have so many ideas and, but I, I know where to go. So my, my plan is just to, is to, is to, is to maintain my relationship with you, keep my nose to the grindstone. And then when you, when you're, when, when you're a big player, you just, you buy us out. And then I go, I'll go <laughs> off and, and sip cocktails and live on the beach. And, uh, and this will be just a part of your portfolio. You could do whatever you want. I mean, I, I like it. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if media is going to be my area of expertise, but, uh, <sighs> you never know. <laughs> oh man, that dude, you're killing my plans. This, this is, I've been hatching this plan forever. I, that, that's very disappointing. <laughs> All right, let's see. We're, we're, we're coming to the close, and I, and I have to ask you about the elephant in the room. We, we didn't, we had, you know, a lot of the world wasn't at world championships. It's, it's a question as to whether or not, you know, that we're going to have a section of the world, particularly Russia, competing in the future. And that's a weird place to be. And it feels like we're, it's a retread of history. When I was a kid, um, we went through the same thing with the 1980 boycott. And, uh, where we boycotted the Russians at the Olympics. And then the, we, you know, the Western States boycotted, uh, you know, they boycotted us in 1984, which was Rowdy's Olympic games. Um, a sad chapter in history. Uh, I know you don't have full insight. You might know some things about what's, what the future holds, but no one really can because we have a war that's grinding on in Ukraine. Um, you know, how, how do you manage this personally as an athlete who has some of the, the tightest competition in the world coming out of this, the largest country on earth, Russia. Yeah. I mean, God, my head, my head goes in so many different directions, uh, on, on this topic. Um, and there, I mean, they, yeah, there's just so many, like there's so many different angles to try to like analyze this. And, and so it's, it's definitely, I mean, this is definitely a, a sticky one. Um, but I think like, as, I guess it probably as concise as, as I can put it. Um, I mean, it's just an incredibly unfortunate situation that's, that's happening in, in Ukraine right now. Um, and, and you can't, you can't minimize, you can't minimize the impact that that's having on, on a lot of athletes that are competing internationally. Um, you know, so you're looking at, at Roman Chuck in the, in the 800 in the mile, and, and he might do open water as well. Um, and he's a speedo, he's a speedo guy too. So I've, I've gotten to know him pretty well over the years. Um, and, and that's just, that's just one person, but, uh, it, it is pretty, it's pretty broad, the, the implications, um, at the same time, like, I think, I think sports has the power if done the right way to bring people together. I think you look at something like the, the 2021 Olympic games, we're able to host an Olympic games during a pandemic when a lot of people weren't really leaving their houses, especially in some parts of the in the world of some parts of the world, people were not leaving their houses at that time. And so when done 
correctly, sports has the power to bring people together. Um, and so it would be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to kind of like come up with ideas of how we can do that. Uh, but for right now, it, it doesn't, for right now, I don't think that's possible. And so, um, you know, we'll see how, how everything evolves there. It's tough. I, I've talked to our, our friend, Rowdy, Rowdy Gaines, and he was in, you know, he, he, so he didn't go in 1980. Rowdy would have won a lot of medals in 1980. And then he, of course, and he barely hung on and won three in 1984. But a lot of people are like, why is Rowdy gained such a big deal? It's like he probably should have, you know, nine or 10 medals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I come from that perspective and I really want the world to come together. And we have this one sacred space where uh, Pierre de Coubertin's modern Olympic Games is a place where we can build some bridges but the more I talk to young athletes, the more I hear from them from just in text messages is that they're kind of done and they're, they're like, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't need this. And um, so it's, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to say, it's hard to say. I, I, I know we, we have to just wait and see how this all unfolds, but um I'm, I'm glad that I'm not sitting in, in, I'm not, I'm not currently competing. I think it's, I think this, these are, we're living in interesting times. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't know what, um, like what the opinion is of a lot of athletes. I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, we're, we're obviously not going to do like a popular vote on this one. So, uh, yeah, we could, we might do a poll. We'll do a poll. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you set that up, I'm sure people will answer. <laughs> they will answer. It seems like athletes that are that are that are based in Europe, and the closer they are to the Russian border, the more they're 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 like, "No, we're done with this. We're done with them." And it, the further you go out, it's it, it becomes mixed. But it's uh, you know, I guess it's one of these things where it's like to be continued, and we're going to see what happens. Um, in terms of in terms of you, and in terms of the stress of of, of this short quad. Do you like the idea of the short quad? You know, we had a world champs this year. We're going to have a big world champs next year. And then boom, it's the Olympic games. Um, is that, is that, is that better? Is that, or is it, uh, is it more stressful or less stressful? <laughs> the Olympics are always going to be stressful. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the stress you feel pretty much, I mean, pretty much 12 months out. Like I'm always shocked when I get to the Olympic year and the, and the level of, just constant thoughts and, and drive about the Olympics. Like it's, I'm always surprised. So, um, you know, I, I'm really excited for, for that challenge. And, and honestly, I think the way that it was set up this year, uh, having an early world championships, I thought that was perfect. I mean, I would love to have world championships in June every year. Uh, I just think it makes a lot more sense. Like I, it, it's hard to, it's hard to go all the way through the summer and, and specific to this year. Like, I feel like one thing that I did really good this year was just bottle up those emotions of like, oh, I want to take a break. You know, like I'm not really as motivated this year. I, I bottled that up really well. I went into practice, worked hard, competed, uh, lined up next to the really motivated guys as, as much as I could, uh, and fed off that. But now, like now, like I, I hit the end of that meet and I was like, all right, like I really, really need a break. Um, and so that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing now. It's just take this, take this month easy. Um, 
and then get into it and, and really try to take the, take the fire, take the motivation based off the performances from worlds and, and start putting that in the training um, and, and hit the ground running in the fall. I don't know if we can say this publicly. You can say, no, we can't. We have to cut this part out. But will you be at, at nationals to be a celebrity and press the flesh and say hello? Um, maybe, maybe say hello to your, your older, uh, older Olympic peers who were, who, who would like to see you. 100%. Yeah. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there Thursday through Saturday of, of nationals. So, so three days, three days of me, Mel, that's, that's what you're getting. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting to go there and, and support. I mean, a, a lot of cow guys will be out there. Uh, cow women will be out there and, and supporting them. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be really cool. And, and then supporting my national team teammates as well. And then connecting with, with, uh, with the alums too. You know, I gotta, I gotta call Lenny. I, I hope to see, I hope to see Lenny out there. It's, he's, he's one of my favorite people to, to hang out with. He's, he's one of my, I mean, he's really just an incredible guy. So I, I always really enjoy hanging out with him. Uh, I'll hit up Pearsall, see see if he's going to come out. And then we gotta, we gotta recruit, we got to recruit Nathan and Grievers too. Get them out there. That's right. I haven't called Grievers. Lenny's going to be there. Uh, I still got to talk to Aaron. Um, but yes, the man Lenny, the best dressed man in swimming, the best the best swimming national team alum, and uh, Lenny Krizelberg will be there. Um, gee, yes, I'm going to David Burke offside, but let's just go through the backstrokes. Okay, here we go. Uh, John Neighbor's going to be there, so you can say hi to John. Lenny's going to be oh. there. I'm calling Aaron to see if see if he can make it. I don't know if he's in Hawaii or in SoCal. And uh, Burkoff said he can't come, but there's a teeny tiny chance he might come. So, I mean, maybe we'll have that iconic picture again, just maybe, of all the great backstrokers from Team USA. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. John always has me, neighbor always has me sign. Uh, he's always got like a flag that he has people sign. I think I've signed that thing like three times, but I just signed it. I, no questions asked. I signed it again. <laughs> I would, I'd say something to, I've known John since I was seven years old and, and in to the credit of John neighbor, he has always been a friend and he's always been somebody who will who respond. He picks up the phone, talks to you. He's a good, he's a good guy. So yeah, the back, the elite backstroke crew is, is a, is a pretty interesting crew. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, you had a lot of cool, a lot of cool personalities in that group for sure. All right. You have any parting thoughts before we shut this down? Uh, no, no, I think, I think I'm good. So what, what, it's always great to, to talk to you, Mel. What, what, what do you, what do you, what do you do for fun? What are you, what are you doing to take it easy? Oh man. Well, I played golf for the first time in a, in a couple months, uh, over July 4th, I played in Tahoe, probably one of the worst experiences ever. So I got to get out to the, to the driving range and, and hone in that golf game. <laughs> Thanks, and then, and not, honestly, I mean, and honestly, just seeing friends more often, like swimming is a pretty travel intensive sport. So not a lot of, not a lot of free weekends here. Um, so just seeing my friends a little bit more hanging out with, with my fiance, like I got engaged in May and, and haven't really had a ton of time with her. So she just started a new job yesterday, actually. Um, so that's that's really exciting for her. So I'm, and that's in San Francisco. So I'm excited to to get some more 
to see San Francisco a little bit more. Um, get some dinners out there because the food scene there is, is really, really good. Um, yeah, it's so just catching up with people. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.